Hey everyone, this is Jeff from Clinic. Uh, last night I gave a message on how we got where we are today, why uh, we believe so strongly in ministering to the Lord and living out the gospel every day. Uh, I hope it encourages you and pushes you closer to Jesus. You guys ever have a plan and then it, get, and then it gets ruined? <laughs> It's my life with following the Lord <laughs> in a good way. Oh. Man, when you taste and see, who did, how many of you encountered the Lord tonight? Yeah, when, when you taste and see that he is good, it changes your life forever, truly. There's two types of people in, in, in life, those who are hungry and those who think they're full. And I want to always be continually hungering for more of God. When I think I'm full, I, I stop. I stop pursuing him. I stop desiring to know him. My life becomes kind of stale. Um, but an encounter with the Lord is, I, when we were starting worship, I felt like the Lord said, I want you to, I want you to preach on encountering me. And I was like, kind of collecting my thoughts, and then I encountered them. <laughs> but encounter with the Lord, it, it'll, it'll make you extremely, Clay, can you turn on the lights real quick? It'll make you extremely thirsty for more and, and full and satisfied at the same time. It's a weird paradox of, of living in relationship with the Lord. When you meet him face to face, you're, you're full and satisfied in him, and then you're hungry. You hungry, you're... <laughs> you hungry, then you're hungry for so much more and to know him more. And you can never stop knowing him because um, you could spend an eternity getting to know him and still scratch the surface. He's king of kings and lord of lords and creator of the universe. And he's so big and so, so strong and so mighty. <laughs> I'm gonna go to the kid's song. <laughs> um, one encounter leads to, leads to changing your life. I remember when I... I think seeing an example of someone live out an authentic relationship with the Lord invited me into hunger. Have you guys ever been around somebody who clearly knows the Lord and, and it, it awakens in you a seed of hunger that you didn't know that you had? And I remember the first time that happened to me, I, I saw someone live out the life with the Lord that I wanted to have and I didn't have that. And it only, it, one of two things can happen. It's an invitation into hunger, or you could, it's, it's an invitation into being cynical and critical and saying, ah, you know, they're, they're really kind of judgy. Does that make sense? So you see somebody who's living the life with the Lord that you want, and you could either take it as an invitation to hunger for more or be offended with it. Um, and I, I'm grateful that I chose to be hungry for that. Um, it led to, I remember praying every day for the Lord to fill me. Um, I remember praying often for the Lord to fill me. And I never, you know, it's, it's crazy. I never got discouraged by not being filled. It took, it took six months for me to encounter the Lord when it, between the time I first started praying to encounter him and when I actually did. 
Um, it's crazy. I never got disappointed in the Lord or never questioned why. It's just hunger drove me. Jesus, I have to know you in this way. I have to know you in this way. Would you reveal yourself to me? I have to experience you. I can't just read about you and and intellectually try and understand you. I have to know you as if you're standing here face to face. And I remember I prayed that for six months. And I finally, uh, when I encountered the Lord, I fell down and it felt like just, it was extremely hot and tingly. And uh, my abs were sore the next day from crying so hard. And, and, and it was the love of God filling me up. And I was never the same after that. And it's not like it's a, you know, you don't, you don't date your wife once and then say goodbye. You know, you, you kind of continue to hang out, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I want to keep your attention today. Um, it's the same with the Lord. You don't, you don't just come to him and, and, you know, encounter him and then you're good for the rest of your life. It's a continual relationship, a continual encounter with the Lord. Um, and he continues to fill you. Um, day after day, month after month, and, and I've had some, some awesome encounters with the Lord that have, every time I, I get refreshed, I get replenished, I, I repent of things I didn't know I needed to repent of. Um, and, and that's the cycle of, of, of knowing him deeper, is he leads you into more, you give up more, you die more. Um, it sucks, and it's really good at the same time. <laughs> But I wanna take you through a couple encounters in scripture. Uh, John 1, 48. Um, this is when they brought Nathanael to Jesus. Um, sorry, hold on. 'Philip, so this is when one of Jesus' disciples, he says, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So uh, Philip comes to Nathanael and says, yo, we have found the Messiah, come, come check it out. Um, and Nathanael said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. And then Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, you were under the fig tree, I saw you. How many of you know Jesus was not like near the fig tree when he saw Nathanael? Like Jesus, Jesus only did what he saw the father doing, only said what he heard the father saying. Um, Jesus lived as a man in right relationship with God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, um, which is actually describes you and me today. We are uh, sons and daughters um, in right relationship with the Father because of the blood of Jesus empowered by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, um, he did this miracle as a, as a man and it's, it would be called like a word of knowledge where he, he knew something about Nathaniel before he even met Nathaniel. Um, it, it was a vision most likely where he saw Nathaniel sitting under the fig tree. And so think about, think about being in Nathaniel's shoes right now your friend comes to you and says, yo, we found the Messiah, um, the one prophesied about, the one um, that we've been waiting for. And you're like, 
all right, well, I know that it's prophesied he comes out of Nazareth. What good could come out of Nazareth? And then your friend says, come and see. So you go and meet Jesus, and before you can get a word out, Jesus looks at you and said, I saw you doing so-and-so. Just like he did with the woman at the well. He said, you, you know, you've had this many husbands. You've done this, you've done that. <laughs> this, when Jesus says these things to Nathaniel, Nathaniel begins, he, he has an encounter with God himself because Nathaniel comes to the realization really quick and he says, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And that little, as little as that is, that's an encounter with the Lord that changed Nathaniel's life forever. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have have experienced anyone coming up to you before in, in a grocery store or parking lot and just reading your mail because they heard from the Lord. Um, I think it needs to happen a little bit more. <laughs> but I, like the, I've been on the other end of that where I've, I've told people things that the Lord's revealed to me and, and it changes their life in, in one single moment. An encounter with the Lord leads, leads to an eternal shift in, in the trajectory of your life. And I'm gonna get to where I'm, where I'm going here in a second, but Luke 5, 8 is another one, that area of scripture. Uh, let's see here, Luke 5. All right, I'm gonna start in verse three though. Luke 5, 3. Then he got into one of the boats, this is Jesus, which was Simon's and asked uh, him to put out a little from, uh, from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, it's your word, I will let down uh, the net. Simon goes on, this is Peter, by the way, um, when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and after their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them and they came and filled both with boats, uh, both the boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Simon is encountering the God of the universe here. There's a miracle that takes place. Jesus obviously fills their nets with, with fish. They haven't caught anything day and night. And when Simon encounters this, he falls down on his face and says, depart from me, I'm a sinner, Lord. He recognizes who is standing in front of him here. Simon recognizes that this is Jesus, the Messiah, the prophesied one, the one who's gonna come and, and save humanity. One encounter leads to, and, and my point here is that when you encounter God, you see him for who he is. Does that make sense? There's a, there's a weightiness and a holiness. And, and here's the thing. I was never really taught growing up that I could actually like encounter God. I was taught growing up to learn about him, to study the scriptures. Um, I didn't know that there was a, a that the, the, the word led to the author of the word <laughs> until, until I was in college. And when I encountered God, for the first time, there was such a weightiness and, and a realization that I am so small, but he is so big, he's so good, he's so holy, he's so worthy. I wanna give him everything I have to give him. 
And that's what's happening to Peter in this moment. He, he encounters the God of the universe and he falls down on his knees and says, depart from me, I'm a sinner. He recognizes, he begins to see Jesus for who he really is and he bows down to him. An encounter with God leads to seeing him rightly. And, and I, would, I would say, if, unless we have an encounter with God, I don't know if we can see him rightly. And now being on the other side of, of, of encounters with the Lord where I, I experience him. It, it, it says in, in John, um, when, when Jesus says that you may know God, that word is gnosko. It's, it means to experientially know someone. It's, and I've told you guys this before. It's when Mary, when she was pregnant, um, the, angels, the angel came to her, told her she was pregnant with God's son. She said, how could this be? I have not known a man, gnosko. It's the same word. I have not experientially known a man this way. Jesus applies the same word to what he expects a relationship with God to be. He says, eternal life is this, that you may know God. He's not talking about, like, we have a West, such a Western mindset where we get in a classroom and we study, 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 study. But I believe, I believe the way that Jesus is building his church is where he sits on the throne and we interact with him. And, and that's the kind of knowing him that he's inviting us into. And we don't see him rightly unless we encounter him experientially. So how, <laughs> when you come here to, to these nights and Wednesday prayer sets, you see what we do. Um, you, you only see what we do. We, we minister to the Lord and Outside of here, we, we live out the gospel. We try to live out the gospel every day of our lives. But you only see us, for the most part, ministering to the Lord. But how we got here is a process of discovering who we are and who he is. Because you don't just decide to, to, to launch something and then minister to the, like, honestly, I was thinking about it today. It's kind of weird that we minister to, that's all we do. We just minister to the Lord. Like, why do we do that? It's because we've encountered him and we've seen him for who he is and we've seen him seated at the right hand of the Father ruling and reigning and therefore he deserves all glory, all honor, all power forever and ever. And so we want to give him that worship. We want to ship him what he's worth. And so we could spend the rest of our lives ministering to the Lord and, 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 and be fully satisfied. That's, that's all we could do for the rest of our lives. And I want you to understand when you come into this place, some of you are new, some of you have been here a little bit, some of you have been here since forever and, and we love you. But what you see is that we're ministering to the Lord, but I really want you to see how we got to where we are here and why we do what we do. It's because we have met him. When you taste and see that the Lord is good, he fully satisfies you and he, and he puts a hunger in you that cannot be satisfied without him. And, and I think it's a shame when we do something before we truly know who we're doing it for. And, and a lot of times, if we don't press into an encounter with the Lord, we could build something um, out of our own talents and out of our own giftings, out of uh, reasoning and intellect. And then what happens, we, we win people through those methods. And when you win people through your own talents, your giftings, your intellectual prowess, your reasoning, you have to keep them through the, with the same things. But I think we've tapped into something 
that when we elevate the Lord into his rightful position because we've encountered him, so when we encounter him, we see him clearly. Therefore, we know he should be seated here, ruling and reigning. So when we build something, or when the Lord allows us to build something because of what he's doing, he becomes the leader, he becomes the pastor, the shepherd, the teacher, the prophet, the evangelist, the the apostle, he becomes the center of it all. And then all we do is just we minister to him. We create a place for him to dwell. It says that he is enthroned on the praises of his people. Um, Jesus is, is riled up by the praises of his people. It's in Psalm 24. So when we give Jesus the platform, he becomes everything to all people and people encounter him leading them to see him rightly. And because he <laughs> introduced himself, now he gets to keep those people. Instead of we're here to, to um, man, I'm making sense. Instead of like our talents, our giftings, our, our callings being the main thing, um, where we win people to the Lord with those things, we have to keep those people. If Jesus is the main thing, he'll meet people here encounter them and he will keep those people because he's the greatest shepherd of all. Okay. So every, literally everything in life hinges, hinges on how you see God. Have you ever thought about that for a minute? Think about it for a minute and process it with me. Everything in life hinges on how you see God. And if we, if we see him rightly when we encounter him, I would say, I would really strongly encourage you to press into actually encountering him. And there are, there's a lot of, like I, I've been cautioned a lot by well-respected leaders, you know, don't go after the feelings, don't go after the, 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 the whatever. But how can you not feel something when, when the Holy Spirit is, is in the room? How can you not feel something when you're in the presence of the one who sits on the, on the throne seated with the Father? How can you not feel something? I'm not against... I'm not against feeling at all, and I'm not against reason at all. Both of them go together, but they flow from one source. Everything in life hinges on how you see God. What you think about God determines what you believe. What you believe determines how you think, and how you think determines how you act. If you are a follower of Jesus, most of the time, you, you'll get self-help messages on like, we need to stop doing this behavior because we know it's wrong. But we don't know, well, we don't recognize most of the time that that behavior is tied to a thought and that thought is tied to a belief and that belief is tied to how you see God. So, I'll go through that. We minister to the Lord because we have renewed minds with his truth believing that he is worthy of everything we have to give, seeing him rightly as Lord and Savior. So this plays out when, when I go through this, this process here. So he is Lord because we see him rightly. We see him rightly. When we encounter him, we see him right, rightly, recognizing that he is Lord. Therefore, we believe that he is worthy. Therefore, we allow him to shape how we think. Therefore, we minister to him. You see the flow from like we see God, everything flows from how we see him. We see him and that influences what we believe and that influences how we think and that influences what we do. Does that make sense? So I, for example, I share the gospel. Why? Because I love people. 
because I believe that God so loved the world. I, <laughs> and I see God as a sacrificial lamb that saved the world. So I share the gospel, it's an action, because my thoughts are in line with him that he loves the world, because I believe that he loves the world, because I've seen him, as the, I've seen him on the cross with nail-pierced hands, bleeding, uh, crown of thorns shoved into his head. What you believe about God has everything to do with it. Everything in life hinges on that. Another example, and this is one that I've, I've struggled with recently because um, I have a hard time believing uh, that, hi, this is mine, it's okay. Because I have a hard time believing that I lead, or that God, like why would God put me in the position of leadership? I don't, I don't want this. And this is one that I struggle with. But what if I, what if I led well because um, I believe that God has equipped me, because I believe that he's a good father, because I've seen him as the leader of my life. How I see God, as I, I encounter him and I see him as the leader of my life. Therefore, I believe that he's a good father that wants to bless his children. Therefore, I think that he's equipped me, and if he's placed me in, the, in this position, it's because he wants to be all things to me. Therefore, I lead well. Every, every behavior that you have is tied to a belief in God, whether right or wrong. Here's, a, here's, here's one. I see God as, and, and, and I'm not saying this is not right, by the way. I see God as distant, and he doesn't care. Therefore, I believe that I'm not loved. Therefore, I have suicidal thoughts. Therefore, I cut myself. The action is rooted in how you see God. Is it clicking? The process to get where we're going is that we have to see God for who he is. And the whole reason we exist is to minister to him and live out the gospel every day. Those are actions. Ministering to Jesus is an action. It's something we, we do it in worship through thanksgiving, through praise, through worship, through agreeing with him. These are actions that we partake in. But if we wanna do it well, we have to see him for who he is. And seeing him for who he is is rooted in whether or not you're hungry to encounter him. This takes time. Time in his presence, time in the secret place, time in prayer, time in worship, time thanking him, time with him. You have to be with him. If you wanna do what we're doing, you have to be with him. And, and I promise you it is so, so worth it. A life, I, like one of my really, really good friends, he, just, he thinks the greatest issue in life is that uh, we just need to let God love us. <laughs> Some of you might have a hard time with that. And that's okay. I hope it offends you a little bit. But like, I, he thinks that the, the answer to every problem in life is that you're just not letting God love you. <laughs> Think about it for a minute, though. You're, every, every action flows from how you see him. And if you see him as a really good father who wants to love you well and provide for you and, and fill you with joy, peace, joy, uh, patience, kindness, gentleness, hope, and, and a future, 
and if you resist his love, you will try, you, you'll, you'll, act as if an, you'll act as an orphan trying to gain his love for the rest of your life, doing things for him without knowing him. So that, and it's so messed up because we do things for him so that we could feel approved and, and, um, and good enough to know him. But if you know him and if you let him love you, then he'll fill you with himself to the point of overflow and you'll die a little bit more each and every day <laughs> and it's gonna, it's gonna suck at times. But when you die, you're filled more with him. You die, you're filled more with him. You begin to look like him, think like him, act like him and you'll want to engage with him all the time. You'll want to minister to him. You'll actually want to live out the gospel every day. And so how we got to where we are today is we encountered him. A few of us years ago encountered him and it changed our life together. Our paths crossed and we said, man, what if we just, what if we just got together and pursued the Lord and, and, and blessed him and ministered to him? What's gonna happen? And we're discovering that when we do that, um, he blesses us way more than we could ever bless him. And he, he comes and he, and, he, and he reigns in the room and he leads this thing and we're just chickens with our head cut off a lot of times running around not knowing what's happening. But we, we think that if we place Jesus in his rightful place as the ruler, as the king, as the pastor, leader, shepherd, past, uh, evangelist, if we place him in his rightful place, then he will be all things to all people. And he will lead people into an encounter with himself. How many of you know God's word says, if you lift up my name, I will draw all, all men unto me. So what happens when we lift up Jesus? He's gonna begin to draw people to him. And he's going to do what he does best, like he did with Peter, like he did with Nathaniel, like he did with the woman at the well. When Jesus is present, there's two kinds of people present, those who are hungry and those who think they're full. So every sign of, or every, there's, there's always those two people in your life, everywhere, during revival, there's those who, who are hungry and they travel miles and miles to, to have an encounter with God, and then there are the cynics and the critical people who sit back and say, you know, that's not, they analyze everything and they miss out on a potential encounter with God. They miss out on seeing him for who he is because they just wanna know about him instead of really know him. So we got here today because a group of people encountered the Lord. We saw him seated on the throne as holy, worthy, blameless, and, and worth it, worth every bit of our lives and ministry to him. And when I, when I say we minister to him, it simply means to, to bless him. It's like a, a waiter at a restaurant. If you're a waiter at a restaurant, you're waiting on tables uh, to, to, to take their order, to cater to their needs, to cater to their heart. And when we are here to minister to the Lord, it's, we, we wanna treat him as if he is really here in the room because he is here in the room and we wanna cater to his heart. What does his heart desire? His heart desires to know you, his heart desires to be uh, glorified, to be worshiped, to be praised, to be thanked, uh, for, for humans to agree with him. He's, he searches the earth for people of faith who agree with him. So therefore, worship, praise, thanksgiving, intercession, agreeing with him blesses his heart. And then we live out the gospel because it blesses his heart. And when we bless his heart, he blesses us with things we didn't even think we needed. It's, it's unreal how good the Lord is. And a lot of, some of you are too unwilling to give up your right to understand him. Does that make sense? 
<laughs> Sometimes your intellect is your, is, is your idol. If you understood everything about God, it, well, if you understand who God is, everything about him, then you're worshiping yourself. You cannot ever understand God. His ways are higher. He, he does things that are weird, to be honest. But if I become offended by what God is doing because I don't understand it, all of a sudden I become somebody who thinks I'm full. And I cut myself off from an invitation to, into knowing an aspect of God that I didn't know before. I've been in some weird environments with some people doing some weird things. Um, and and, and I, have to, I have to guard my heart sometimes. But I'm not concerned. You know, I, I look at somebody and I say, you know what, if they're encountering the Lord right there, <laughs> then thank you, Lord. If they're not encountering the Lord, it's none of my business. I am, I am, I am responsible for the stewardship of my heart. And the minute I, I invite uh, offense or bitterness into my heart is the minute I've shut myself off to an aspect of God that I need. Who cares what other people are doing? Worry about yourself. <laughs> Worry about yourself. Allow the Lord to shepherd your heart and invite you into things that you don't understand, aspects of him that you, I mean, look, at, just read the Bible. God dragged people around by the hair. People were naked. Uh, people were doing weird things. I don't understand God. I don't understand God, but I wanna know him because I've tasted and I've seen that he is good. I've encountered him and I've seen him where he should be seated on the throne, on the throne of my heart and in the throne of heaven. And because I see him for who he is, it drives me to want to know him more. I feel like I'm all over the place. Am I making sense? Okay. All right. Appreciate it. <laughs> oh. We believe the, the calling of the priesthood is eternal. Uh, when, when the Lord gave the Levitical priesthood um, their mandate, it spanned the Old Testament and the New Testament, meaning it was never supposed to go away. Their mandate was to minister to him. Um, and when Jesus died, um, after Jesus died in 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, you are a royal priesthood. Um, that means that you are to pick up the mandate of the priesthood, to take care of God's heart, to minister to him. That makes sense? That's what we feel called to do here. We do this because we've been grafted into the family of God. We have his divine nature in us, 2 Peter 1, 4. Uh, we are sons and daughters. This is who we are. This is who we are because we believe what he says. Romans 12, uh, 1 through 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What do you renew your mind with? The truth about what he says about you. Jesus says, know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you're not free, it's because you don't know the truth. If you're not free in an area of your life, is because you don't know the truth. We renew our minds with what he says. We can think like him because we have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.16. Our thinking aligns more and more with his, his thinking because we're regularly encountering him. You see the, the, the process of what we do where uh, we are a priesthood is affected by what we think and what we think is affected by what we believe and what we believe is affected by seeing him rightly and seeing him rightly happens when we encounter him. Do you see the huge rabbit trail I took there? 
Wow, it's a cycle. We encounter, we see, we believe, we think, we become, we do. The more we do, the more we encounter. It's awesome. And so we are encountering the Lord more and more in this space because uh, we're learning uh, what his heart desires because we're spending time with him. And, and every, I think, Matt, for the past uh, forever, every prayer set, every prayer set we've had, he sends us a voice message afterwards. He's like, that was my favorite one. I know I say, <laughs> he says that, he's like, I know I say that every time, that was my favorite one. Why does it get better and better? Because we're encountering him more and more. We're going into depths of God that we didn't know existed because we're seeing him better and more clearer each time we encounter him. And that's leading us into renewing our minds and thinking more like him and behaving more like him and doing the task of being a priesthood better and better. I can't wait till I'm 90, can barely walk, and I'm still ministering to the Lord. Shoot, I'm 30. I played basketball last night and can barely walk. But what happens when you do without the encounter? What happens if we just try and we think ministering to the Lord is a good idea because we, we experience a church culture somewhere else that is encountering the Lord powerfully and, and we ask them, what's the keys to this? And they tell us it's ministering to the Lord. And then we go back and we try and do these things without encountering the one that we're doing them for. What happens when you do without the encounter? It's much better to give God the platform and let him meet us in this place and then he takes care of it. So if I, can, if I can give you one piece of feedback from my short life of following Jesus, it's pursue him at all costs and, and let yourself be hungry to know him. And when you taste and see that he is good, when you experience him face to face and experientially encounter the presence of God, Just linger in it, linger in it. Let it drive you to more hunger. Let it drive you to be satisfied in him and him alone. So I wanted, I wanted to get really clear tonight on why we exist. And I, wanted, I wanna tell you, if you feel called to make this home, your mandate is gonna be, is gonna be ministering to, to him. It's gonna be that we exist to bless him. When we bless him, we encounter him. Shoot, sometimes you encounter him because he's pursuing you. Like Paul on the road to Damascus fell off his donkey, was blinded. The Lord was pursuing him. But we exist here in this place to minister to the Lord. And that drives us to live out the gospel every day because we get to encounter him. I, like, I don't know what else to tell you guys. I think that's gonna, that message will be on repeat for, I don't know, forever. Like if you came in here expecting like programs and, and stuff. I mean, we'll, we might get there. I think those are good things. <laughs> we, I think those are good things. And we, we wanna have structured things as well. But I'll, just being honest with you guys, you know, we started in January, so um, I don't know. We're praying a lot of things in. <laughs> We're praying, Lord, what do we do with kids? I don't know. <laughs> and our mentor's voice is in the back of our heads all the time. Minister to the Lord and he'll take care of everything for you. You don't have 10 kids running around during the message, Mufa, do you? Um, <laughs> no bitterness. <laughs> but we're praying things in. Like, we don't have a lot of things right now. But what we, what we do have is him. And, like, he's enough right now. And we're going we're gonna to pursue him until he does something. 
and then we'll build around that because there's no point in building something if he's not doing it. So we just know that he's here. He's here to be the shepherd, the pastor, the prophet, the evangelist, and the teacher. So we wanna give him the platform to do those things. And when he moves, then we'll do something around that. <laughs> Make sense? Oh, I love you guys. I love Jesus. I love tonight. Um, just, if you could, put your hands over your heart. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are so merciful to us. We repent of trying to do things on our own. We repent of uh, trying to, to build things with our talents and giftings. We repent of um, offending you, Lord, by thinking that we, we know everything there is to know about you. We don't know the first thing about you sometimes, Jesus. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness to us. You're so good. Um, you delight when we fall over running after you. You don't, um, I, feel like, I, I feel like the Lord wants to just give you permission to fail going after him. You know, you're not gonna get to heaven one day and, and, and regret pursuing him too much. Oh shoot, Lord, I'm sorry I pursued you too much. That's not a thing. You're gonna regret not pursuing him enough. So Lord, we repent of, of lukewarmness, of, of not engaging with you when you invite us to. We wanna respond to you. Would you teach us? Would you show us? Would you mold us how to respond to you? God, I pray for encounters in the next weeks, months, days, minutes. Uh, we have to encounter you. We have to encounter you, God. You're a person to know. You're a person to know and you're worthy because we have to see you rightly. And if we wanna change, we have to see you. And if we don't wanna see you, we have to encounter you, God. So Lord, would you, would you put seeds of hunger into our hearts tonight? Hunger that would not be satisfied, will not be satisfied without encountering you, without knowing you. Jesus, drive us, drive us, drive us to more. Teach us how to follow you. Teach us what blesses you. Show us, God, show us, God. And would you build your church, Jesus? Would you take your, your seat as the, as the head pastor, as the apostle, as the prophet, as the evangelist, um, and as the shepherd? Would you draw all men unto you as we lift you up? And would you do what you do best and lead your house? In Jesus' name, amen. You guys are welcome to hang out, pray for one another. Bless you.